So welcome back to the Beards Creek podcast. And uh, today I am really excited because the the guys that I have uh, joining me, I have a lot of history with, and um, uh, each one of them is uh, is really special to me. And so I have Nate St. James and Sean Hardy and Aaron Curtis, who uh, is in the witness protection program, so I probably shouldn't <laughs> use his last name. Uh, but each of these guys I knew from a, a youth group that I um, was leading in Rochester years ago, and then we were in a, a hunting club together with Drawn Addiction. And so today they're here to just kind of, I told them we'd talk about urban hunting, but I think we're going to probably go down a whole bunch of uh, a suburban hunting, but I think we're going to go down a whole bunch of rabbit trails. So uh, welcome, guys. How's it going? Howdy. Good to be here. <laughs> you sound so enthused. Hey, I'm always excited to see you. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll just kind of get started and and tell me a little bit about your, I don't know, nobody cares about yourselves, but tell us a little bit about yourselves and, uh, and your hunting history. Maybe tell us about this year, how you did hunting, and we'll just go from there, I guess. You want to go first? You want me to go you first? I'll go first. All right. Uh, Aaron Curtis. I think I've been hunting for probably 15 years. Started off in PA as a part of their mentored youth program uh, with our family down there. And then probably eight or nine years ago, got more serious when I started hunting around home, uh, bow yeah. hunting. Yeah, who... Tell us about your first bow hunting deer. Well, that was with you. Yes, it was. <laughs> my first. That was my first bow deer, and it was my first uh, deer in New York. And uh, yeah, Mike sat me on the ground, thinking probably that I'd never see anything. Yeah, it was a spot that I I figured there's no way. <laughs> he stuck me on the ground in a hedgerow in the middle of space on a standing cornfield. <laughs> so I was basically staring at corn stalks for the entire evening and what is probably the last 20 minutes of light 15 minutes of light yeah. there was just a must have been flooded or something in the summer the corn didn't come up and he just walked through and it was a it was a good it was probably close to 40 yards it was a good poke yeah i didn't believe and, it when you said how far it was until yeah, you found blood yeah 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 it was a good 40 yards still probably to this day one of the longest shots i've ever taken not saying it was the most accurate shot, but <laughs> <laughs> we've all had those. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was my first deer in New York and my first bow deer, and obsessed ever since. Yeah, probably never beat this last season. Uh, I'd like to say I will, but got a wall hanger in October, and uh, another one ended December. I was like few days before christmas i think mm -hmm. and uh yeah just an awesome season yeah. so that's me cool yeah <clears throat> well i'm sean hardy and i'm the resident greenhorn <laughs> not anymore <laughs> not anymore 10 years in he's still feels, a greenhorn. feels like it <laughs> uh i did not grow up hunting at all uh <laughs> <laughs> i got into hunting starting in like 2016 2017 no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh tried to hunt a little bit. I moved out of New York State for a couple years in Alaska. Tried to go moose hunting, caribou hunting, anything <laughs> hunting and mainly just got really wet and uh <laughs> saw saw no wildlife out there at all. But um just something that I've always wanted to get into to be a little bit more self sufficient and be outside more often. I work I don't work outside, so I don't have a lot of opportunity to get outdoors. But uh, so, I, yeah, I, I think I shot my first deer with a thirty out six down here with Mike. So, um, yeah, there's uh, maybe I'll post the video to go with that. <laughs> the footage of Sean doing his first uh, field dress. It was uh, big learning moment. Yeah, big well, learning. The, the moment. biggest learning moment was he's in the stand texting me for like ten minutes. Well, I don't know. Is it big enough? Is it not big enough? He's sending me pictures that it's zoomed in. I'm like, that thing's a cow. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. Oh man. But so yeah, this past year wasn't wasn't super great for me. I think I got out a total of like ten times. Um, two, 
<laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely not as much as I wanted to, but uh, this year has been pretty pretty challenging with work and trying to balance that and uh, just haven't, didn't have as many opportunities and, and didn't really have any shots that I felt confident in, bow or, or shotgun. So didn't take anything this year, eating a lot of tag soup. Um, last year I took, was it last year or two years ago I took the buck? Uh, two years ago. I think it was two years yeah, ago yeah, I nice took a, a nice yeah. buck. Yeah. I think we measured him after deductions at like 92 or something like that. Yeah, so that was your best buck. Yeah. Definitely best buck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's something where I'm, I still feel like I'm learning a lot every year and every season, but it's also like, I don't know, I still have that excitement yeah. every time I'm out there. And when I see a deer, I'm like trying to figure out how to deal with the adrenaline dump. Yep. I kind of hope that doesn't ever go away, but um, it doesn't. it's exhilarating. No. Yeah, it's awesome. So and you, and, you know, you say 92, but in New York, I mean, a 120 class deer is a big deer. Right. Um, 92 isn't, that's not, uh, you know, if you're, if you're head hunting, it's not an unrespectable, unrespectable, is that a word? It is it's not, not a disrespectful yeah. deer. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, that's no, a decent oh, sized yeah. deer in New York. I mean, a, oh, I, yeah. I was shaken for a good two hours. Buck to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I could see for a first deer. That was awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. First buck. Anyways. Yeah. Yep. First, first real buck. It's a good time. So. Cool. Uh, Nate St. James, uh, I've been hunting for 16 years, I believe. Um, I started hunting through my, my grandpa. I started hunting in my, at my grandpa's, uh, place. He had 82 acres that I grew up hunting on. Um, and this year I had a pretty good year. I shot a, a big six pointer. Um, mature deer, huge six. I went like one sixteen as a six, so that's awesome. Um, yeah. and I shot a few does, so I got meat in the freezer, and we uh, it's just like hunting and just everything one, about it. A one sixteen six as point. a six, dang, giant. That's six. a big deer. Yeah, I don't I think believe I he was only. I believe he was only a three year old. Wow. But from I have past pictures of him from the year before, and looking at his body and stature, and um, and then when I I had two encounters with him this year, the second being the one I killed him on, um, I would have said in the, all the trail cam pictures I have of him, I would say he was three. Wow. Um, See six last year. Yeah, he was a big six last year, probably a hundred inch, maybe a little under. Um, but I remember seeing pictures of him last year, saying that's one big six pointer. He'll be, I'm guessing, another big six this year, and sure enough, he was. Um, he just, it just, the tips just come up, curl up, and hit long beams. So that's cool. Yeah. So here's the thing with Nate. Like, I think you were graduating before, like, right around the time that I started doing, uh, working at the church. Yeah, I, I think... I think we might have done an Algonquin trip together. Nope, I never went to Algonquin. Oh, that's um, right, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember going to Smuggler's Notch with you. Uh, yeah. And snowboarding. Yep. And I <laughs> left you in the dust a, a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, I think I think I was a yeah going into my senior year when you started or yeah. So or you're mostly there. under Greg Harp then. Yeah. Greg listens to this podcast. Just so I'm yeah. throwing that out there for him. Oh, PG. Hi, Greg. <laughs> PG. Yeah. PG. Yeah. Yeah, PG. <laughs> so the the thing I loved about Nate, there's two things that uh, one I appreciate his willingness to kill dough. <laughs> He's always <laughs> like he just stacks, grill, baby. he stacks a lot of dough. And then the other thing, you were there the day that I shot my. You were the first time I went goose hunting. You were there that day. Yeah. And um, that was. I didn't make a lot of friends. Of course, you had to shoot a band. Yeah. The only. <laughs> only <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys are all kind of in the Rochester area. Yeah. Um, yep. And so you're really hunting suburban. And it's Sean, you're you're stinking hunting right in the city. It seems like most of the time. <laughs> um, but you guys are all 
suburban hunting and um so i think the question is like how is that different what are you guys are there different tactics that you guys have to use there's a lot more challenges mm. yeah people think it's a cakewalk because they drive down the cul-de-sac and they see the you know 140 eating out of granny's bird feeder yeah <laughs> but that's almost never the case yeah i would say i mean i don't want to speak for you but the biggest challenge is how tight some of the quarters are and, and just, your grandfather's neighbors are yeah yeah just the worst. run-ins with neighbors <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i've had some run-ins with neighbors a one piece i hunt it's three acres but the block of woods there it's only 10 acres ish now it's like inside of a neighborhood big neighborhood there's a block of timber inside of it that i haunt and the lady next door to the people that i have permission to hunt it from they're hard anti-hunters and whenever they see my truck they know that i'm there and there was one afternoon i came to hunt early october-ish um and she started to, she decided she wanted to go walk her dog around the outskirts of her property, <laughs> which was probably 70 yards from where I was sitting. She walked around in circles for like 15 minutes calling her dog, which was on a leash in front of her. <laughs> so basically just to keep the deer, try to keep the deer away. Yeah. So she left, I don't know, a half hour before dark, which... At that point, I was like, well, it's probably not going to see anything, yeah. which, so, I don't know, five minutes after she left, seven doe come through, and I ended up messing up on that one, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I got busted ranging them, uh, one caught me moving, but, and you have those challenges of people around you, Yeah. but sometimes, the, I mean, the deer are just... They're used to people at that point, so you just gotta like yeah. sit back and just take it in and not get frustrated that um, that the you're not gonna see any deer because you would think you're not gonna see deer with that if you were out in the country. Out right. in the country, that happens. You might not you might not see the deer. Yeah, but there. Or another spot that people or dogs or whatever are around, you still might see deer. They're used yeah, to yeah, the deer. They're used, used to, to the noise, yeah. Yeah. used to the traffic. Sean, was it you that, I don't remember, somebody sent me a video of being in a deer stand and looking, and there was a guy in a lawn, like in so a that, lounge chair or something. That was that the was day the he buck. shot his. Oh, yeah. His that buck. was my right. buck. And this guy. Yeah. And was, I feel like we should so, disclaimer that, not to cut you off. No, please. Yeah. <laughs> But that goes to speak for the whole Western New York area, not all of it, but even on these spots that we have permission for that, you know, we're hunting, a, we were hunting a 200 acre farm that day, Yep. but it's so populated with houses and developments and everything that even though we have permission to hunt 250 acres, it might be surrounded by a house, you know, every yeah. 30 yards, which was the case that day. Yeah. And that... That day was kind of, speaking of environmental and noise and all sorts of nonsense, that morning, one of the boundary property owners was running a tractor, like like mowing a hedgerow Yeah. in the just morning. a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, like a lawnmower. And he like waves at me. I've got my orange on and I'm just like trying to fight the negativity of, well, today's hunt is brought to you by John Deere and it's ruined. <laughs> so like really frustrated by that. But then in the evening, I'm like, I'm waiting I hear movement behind me, and I'm like, okay, whatever comes out, we're going to see what happens. And then there's this absolute goon sitting in a, a lawn chair uh, with his binoculars looking at me. I'm in my binoculars looking at him. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I just is that the, is that the yeah. first is that the first spit take on that the, is uh, the first <laughs> so I'm texting Aaron saying man what am I going to do this guy is totally totally you know just staring me down and Aaron's like keep cool 
we're fine. Like he has, he might have permission for where his chair is. We have permission where our stance are. Like it is what it is. And so this this buck comes out, and I'm you know, oh man, I'm shaking so much. I I could barely control myself. But so I shot it. And then I text Aaron, and, and we were hunting with another buddy that day. Yep. Uh, and I'm just like, all right, boys, bucks down. I'm, like, about to fall out of my stand. I can't stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> so they get they get around. We get to the deer. We start processing the deer and had a civil confrontation with the guy. Oh, really? Um, he, I didn't realize he came over. <laughs> I'm one of those types of people where if you're going to stand there and watch, I'll go up and talk to you. Yeah. So... They were getting the deer loaded in the Let's be honest here. You're one of those guys that likes confrontation. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Well, if you're going to stand in the corner well, with your arms crossed and huff and puff, and Eric's yeah, going to come He stood there looking at us with What's his up? binoculars on his phone, so I figured it just he was standing on the property line, and I walked over and introduced myself, and which I don't know why I did, but, I mean, we've been hunting. That was one of my first spots I ever landed out of high school. Actually, I was hunting it in high school. There was a couple Wednesday night youth groups I was late to. I shot a buck dragging it out. You helped me a couple times. Yeah, I remember times. dragging some out for you. Yep. Or with you. And, uh, yeah, so I just went over and introduced myself, let him know what was going on, and he didn't He didn't say a whole lot. No, he didn't. He is- Which I find <laughs> one, once they realize that you're in the right, yep. yeah. and you know, you've got all your, all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted, they don't tend to have a lot to say. Yeah. Which is, I think, a big important part to suburban bow hunting. Because it's yeah, you're gonna have all those, your ducks in a row, and yeah. you're gonna have those interactions with other hunters. It's almost, and I mean, I don't know if you guys can, you can, uh, I don't know, track with this, but it's like when you're somewhere and you see another hunter, they're like they're the biggest jerk in the world. Yeah. You're just like, oh my gosh, this guy. Who does he think he is? He got permission to be over here. This is my. This is where I am today. Yeah. It's, it's tough to kind of deal with that. Mm. Yeah. Aaron, you know, that, that spot where you got your deer, uh, that buck with me, was yep. uh, right across from a park, a, a county park. Yep. So we couldn't right hunt the, the park, park, but they would the deer oh, yeah. would come out all the time right over there. And I remember having to call the, the DEC one time because this woman, I would sit on that hedgerow, the deer would come across the road, and I would... They would come right along that hedgerow. Yep. Well, this woman just kept walking her dog back and forth in front of that hedgerow, basically to keep the deer <laughs> yep. out. And I called the DEC. They ticketed her. Um, uh, the DEC was there checking on me at times too, thinking that I was in the park and right, um, right. But it, it, like you said, uh, you know, you have your 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 T's eyed and your crosses dotted or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you're now you do at least you were last year, Sean, bow hunting like in in Arondequoit, where there's a huge <laughs> deer problem. Yeah. Um, so we we used to live out that way, and and um, I made it through the the permit application at a couple times for those public spots near um, what is that? Duran. Yeah. Um, I think I sat there once, once or twice and kind of just didn't get a good, didn't get a good feel for it. Um, but we actually, we ended up moving here to, to the West side, uh, in Chai Lai. So and that now, was literal backyard. Oh yeah. Of- oh yeah. Um, so now it's, now I'm wrong with that. No, not at all. I mean, again, like there is a, they've got the nuisance, they've got the problem. So I don't know, I might try it again. Um, lately I've been concentrating on spots around here. Um, I have a pretty good relationship with a landowner that's got, you know, five or six acres of his own that we've been running food plots for. And then is that Aaron? No. (laughs) (laughs) Next year. Next year. (laughs) Next year. I'll get out there. Hunt a lot with Aaron. Um, but yeah, so we, we planted a, just a half acre plot. Um, he's got some woods, he's got some, some open areas and it backs up to a larger wood. So we're kind of, we're playing the long game with that. They're getting used to a new homeowner that my buddy's only had the house for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. we're trying to make sure that they know that like there's food here. It's a good place to be in the season and then get around to, uh, starting to make sure that the population is coming through. 
that's that's huge, right? Relationships with a, the homeowner, yeah, yep. plus the neighbors, neighborhood yep. owners. So, are you guys all? Um, what are you using for setups? Are you all saddle hunting now? We're all saddles. Uh, yeah, I, this year I started saddle hunting, uh, and I don't think I'll ever go back to a tree stand. Yeah, unless it's one I already have set up. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the being mobile is the way to go. Even if you're moving 20, 30 yards from a, a normal, your one spot that you had, you could be missing a lot. So, yeah, sometimes that's all it takes for the yeah. mature bucks is to be able to move yeah. 10 yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, that's how I shot my second buck this year. I was literally uh, 15 feet in a different tree. And, uh, yeah, I hunted one night, and I'm like, while I'm up there in the tree, it's getting dark. I see the deer pouring out, seeing what they're doing. Man, I wish I was in that tree. Okay, next time I hunted, move, you know, 15 feet, shoot a buck. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I've been, I've always been one of those guys who, like, that's a fad, you know, it'll pass. It's, yep. it's the hunting industry trying to make more money in a yeah. new way. And then, um, I got up, uh, I, I connected with some guys from Trophy Line, and um, this guy, Sean, puts me in a, in a saddle, and um, I'm like, dang, this is really comfortable, and it wasn't as much of a pain to, to use as, you know, as I would have anticipated. Now here, we've got 18 different stands put up, but we hunt in a couple other different spots that um, saddle hunting is the way to go. The... the climber is just so loud and it's such a hassle to carry in yeah and you gotta have a perfect tree yeah yeah because that's all i was hunting out of for the longest time was my open shot summit yep and oh this is all i'm gonna use forever and i was actually a year behind everybody else because i was dead set on all i need is the climber but to be able to go in a tree that actually has covered yeah you know cover yeah it's so great here's the piece that that's rough is that first bite Right, I mean, you're yeah. looking at eight hundred to a thousand dollars. You can buy a lot of ladder stands or hang on stands for yep. for that, but it's it's so worth it. Yeah, it really I got is. in for cheap because um, I wasn't going to pull the trigger this year, probably even next year. But there was a marriage budget, but I got in for I think total would have been like four or five hundred bucks. Wow, that's um, really good. Now, well, sticks are heavy. Platform is ridiculously heavy, and wow. there's there's a lot of parts. So that you know, my my setup is definitely not the advertised like it's got all the right parts. But the advertised how they sell saddles is it's light. Yeah. You should be able to pack in with almost nothing and just. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I I go in with kind of the the handicap that it's it's heavy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm already thinking about what kind of new sticks I want to get in the next three years, what kind of platform I want to pick up. And that's this the thing, year. right? You can replace piece by piece. Yeah. It's all modular, which yeah. is so great. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been unreal. Yeah. It's so great. What are you guys running? What are you? I run the Cruiser uh, XC. Yeah, me and Nate run the exact same setup. I think yeah. same sticks. Do you run the Ring of Steps? I don't. I bought. Oh, well, right. I started with the Ring of Steps, but. I, I didn't really like them. They kind of hurt my feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So at the end of the year, I ended up picking up the Cruiser Mini Mini Seeker platform. Uh, it's like five pounds. It's wow. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And are um, you running aiders on your sticks? I run the tethered Skeletor Skeletors. Uh, I have aiders on three of the four sticks. So I mean, I make. I'm getting 20 feet yeah. easy nice. with those nice. four. And then I'm running the XOP, um, which, uh, yeah, so that's all their stuff. I, I bought a couple different ropes because all their ropes are the same color. So I bought a different rope for my bridge, a different rope for my linemen, and that way I can kind of just quickly, when I have it in the bags, I can tell, like, what I'm grabbing for. Yeah. Um, but so, and then no aiders. Um, and like Nate, I'm able to get about – 
about 18 to 20 feet, depending wow. on how much. And that's with four sticks? Yeah. Okay. With how, how much I can reach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, depends like, what I ate the night before. Yeah. How much 110% I it depends on <laughs> how Later in the season, when the layers get thicker, it gets harder. It's a little harder. bit shorter. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm at 10 feet. <laughs> how big of a reach you want that's, to be. Yeah, exactly. I'm just happy to be off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's I, like there's a part of me that loves the the technical piece that that hunting has become, right? Like everybody's running something different, and the different bows and different arrow combinations and broadheads, and I know, like it, mentally, I know that it's the hunting industry finding new ways to make you know to make a profit, and, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But in the meantime. I love it. Like there's, I'm like, oh, well, I can make this adjustment I or I can get, you know. Um, Fine tune your setup. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's and just then, feeding the addiction. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly. Because yeah. yeah. last year, oh, the setup was perfect. This year, no, I need to upgrade this. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Not a question anymore. Yeah, yeah. I just upgraded my bow this year. And, um, you that's know, right. you talk to some guys and they're like, uh, they're getting new bows every year or some of these you know, quote unquote, famous guys are getting four new bows a year, and um, that's that's not me. I'm I got my first new bow in like ten years, and yeah, I yeah, love it. I mean, I I cannot believe the advances in in bows just even within you know the time. I had a bear mauler, and I went to a um, a Bowtech CP28, and yep. it's astounding to me the changes. And so. Yep. We don't want to hear from you, Aaron, because you're running a Matthews. <laughs> and we don't like That's to right. talk to cult members. I'll keep it to over. Yeah, yeah, see the hoy hat. I'll keep it to myself. My first bow is still the bow, and I'm I'm right there with you, Mike. I'm like trying to fight against all the thing, all the posts I see from Matthews and Bowtech and whatnot, and I'm just like, oh man. I guess, uh, last summer, I went and shot a Matthews and a Bowtech and and a Hoyt. Um, and all of those arrows were just screaming, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh man, <laughs> oh man, I could, I could drop, I could do this. Why not?" But reality is, I've owned, you know, there's still more I can do with my bow, and I know that, like, like we know a guy. I think Aaron, Mike, and I do. I don't know if Nate's ever met him, but like, he bought a youth bow at a garage sale, and he's been hunting with it for like six or seven years. Who, and really, yeah. Who is that? Uh, Reed Robbins. Really? Yeah. He, he, that's how that. he started, and then he picked up a new bow like a year or two ago. Wow. Um, or so, but I mean, like, talk about being, uh, I don't know if industrious is the right word, but just like frugal. And like, this, it is a bow that shoots an arrow fast enough and will work for and my purposes. Kill, right? It kills. And it kills. So it's like, my, yeah, my, uh, my Hoyt. What is it? A Power Max Two, something like that. Yeah. Is that the Matthews so. line? I don't even know what it's called. I love that Nate knows more about your bow than you do. <laughs> I've seen it a few times, but, yeah. but like, it's a bow. It works. Like it shoots fast enough. It shoots yeah. far enough. I've got no reason to upgrade until I actually want to. So yeah. I'm like gonna walk that line, and I'd rather, like I said earlier, I'd rather invest in like a new platform that's literally half to three quarters of the weight off of what my current platform is, and then. We'll go from there. So see, I I upgraded this year because I turned fifty, and my wife, you know, I was just off the cuff said, you know, if you're looking to get me something, a, a new bow would be great. And uh, so she got me a gift card for Drapes Archery and or Drapes Outdoors. Yeah. And so I went and I shot. I mean, I shot the Matthews, and I, I, truth be told, I loved it, but I just could not join that call. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then I shot a Prime, and I shot a Hoyt, and I shot a Bowtech, and I loved the back wall on the Bowtech, and um, and that Jesse sold me on that. So yep. I never would have bought it. Well, then my wife tells me later, she goes, "Well, Dad and I were looking at getting you a Harley. We found a used Harley that we're." I'm like, "Oh crap! <laughs> I, got, I got a thousand dollar bow anyway. That could have used a spear." <laughs> what are you shooting, Nate? Uh, Bowtech Rain Six. How seven? What seven. Year? seven. Yes. Is that in seven? Um, let's see. I've had it for th- three years, and I bought it from a friend, and he had it for two or three, three years, years before that, I think. Was the, and he bought it new. Was the back wall as good 
then yes. like six it's, yes. it's a it's astounding it's better now um <laughs> I, I, I did shoot the brand new uh botech that a friend just bought and it's they're amazing yeah yeah it's, it's so quiet and fast it's not as fast as the 2022 model the what was it the you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. I'm the Matthews guy. I, <laughs> I can't remember. The ZR2, uh, SR, SR6 maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what yes. it was. SR6. Yep. Um, it's not as fast as that, but it's so much quieter. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't get over how quiet it was. I couldn't get over the back wall and how much faster it was. Just in, yeah. I don't know when the mauler came out, but I had that thing at least 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did your your wife ended up getting a new bow this year, right? Yep, she did. She had um, what's the uh, the PSE that it seemed like everybody had in the nineties? Eva. No. Nova. No. no that was it's no. Eva's Nova. uh, bow tech. <clears throat> but she had her bow. It's PSE or Parker, but she had it. She got it when she was sixteen, and. Uh, so I won't do the math on, on the podcast. <laughs> she but, appreciates that. Yeah, but it, yeah, she had she had that bow forever, and she finally traded herself. Does she still have bigger a bigger deer than you? No, <laughs> not, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. If you're listening, Hannah. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, she got a new. Uh, she got a V three X. In 22, yeah, she got it last summer, right before, a few months before the Phase 4 came out, and uh, yeah, and she shoots it well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's just fun to, you know, the, the, the industry is just constantly evolving, constantly changing and upgrading, and you know, I you could drop money every single season <laughs> on this stuff. But, oh, yeah. So, cool. What uh? So do you, Nate? You always talked about hunting Kentucky. You always wanted. Was it Kentucky? You always wanted a, a velvet. Yeah, I still haven't. Hopefully this year. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that every year. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there listening who's got a connection for velvet hunting in Kentucky, so yeah, I don't. Yeah. That would be uh that would be an interesting hunt. Hmm. Like it's early, right? I mean it's yeah, September it's or August. First week of September. It's the I think it starts the first Saturday of September, whatever that falls on. Yeah. Um but is that only a week or how long no, is it? No, that's their start of the Oh week. that's the start. Yeah, that's oh, the start nice. of their season. Tennessee does a velvet weekend the last weekend in August. And that's only like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know if it's just bow or bow and gun, but I know they call it the the Velvet Weekend. Yeah, I think it's just bow. bow. I have a friend who works for Tethered, and um, and he's he's been doing a a bunch of hunting, and I think he got one during that weekend in Tennessee. Yeah, that'd be sweet. What um. It's kind of shifting gears again. So what, um, you guys talked about the, the suburban hunting in close quarters. Um, and I don't know why this just popped into my head. Uh, but how about dragging them out? Like dragging a deer <laughs> out in a neighborhood. I remember, Aaron, you've hunted that behind our old house. Yep. And um, uh, like I had to drag this thing out over a railroad track past a school's nature center and did it in a wheelbarrow. Put this... T- <laughs> this yeah. stupid eight point in a wheelbarrow yeah. I, and you get looks there's people out mowing their lawn and they're watching you or or to take pictures I, I've got pictures with my family with a deer in my front yard yeah and there's just people it feels like always watching you dude yeah 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 you definitely get looks um that one property that I mentioned earlier uh last not this past year but the year before uh, me and a buddy hunted opening morning there and ended up shooting three out of the same tree. Um, same before, morning. The same morning. Awesome. Before, uh, I don't know, 
Um, we probably could have kept going, but opening was, day, right? Yeah, opening day. Yeah. But it was starting to hit. Temperatures were rising, so we wanted to take care of those three before we shot any more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're hearing so, the school buses go around, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like that scene in uh, what's that? The uh, Napoleon Dynamite, where he goes out and shoots the cow in <laughs> yeah. front of the school. I always used to feel like that in, rock, in when hunting suburban. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, like I said before, the the one neighbor is a big anti-hunter, so I. I like to hunt there in the mornings because usually I won't get messed with or the looks in the morning, um, and then I can get out and usually don't hunt it. They just how they move, move through there. Usually by nine o'clock, the activity's done. Um, so depending on if I'm in a a weekend or a, during the week, if I get out during the week. Um, I could sneak out when they're at work or whatever, and just. Do you find weekends to be harder? Because I do at my. Are. Yeah. yeah, they're much harder. Yeah, uh, just all the commotion. Everybody's around. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, the one neighbor on the other side, the couple neighbors on the other side, they know I hunt there, and they have no, they don't care. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too. If you're just willing to communicate and talk to people, you'll find yeah. that a lot of people. Oh, they're eating my arborvitae bushes. Yeah, so they're exactly. eating my hostas, and they're so yeah. A lot of yeah. people are all about it. And I got another spot that a friend of mine owns that I hunt, and he's always telling me, "Come shoot these deer because they're eating my bushes." Yeah, mm. yep. it's like I only have so many tags. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and that, that's the thing too, right? If you um, if you let the deer grow up for a couple of years, and and people then get ticked off and they're pissed that these deer are eating all their bushes or eating their flowers. And then they, it's, that was the way it was with the rondecoit. It was, okay, we're going to have hunters. And then, oh, no, we're anti-hunting. And then the deer start eating their their precious flowers. And yeah. then, oh, we need hunting again. Like, it comes and goes in these, these bizarre waves. So, um, They've also tried... Yeah, the uh, castration. Castration of them, and that 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 doesn't work. No, no. You yeah, gotta, you got to shoot them. Do you guys? Do you feel like the? I don't know if the, how to even ask this question, but do you feel like the there's the potential for bigger bucks in those suburban areas? It's I I, would I used to think that that was the case. I used to think that the urban areas had the giants, but I think it more as I've gotten older it's pertained more to how I hunt a certain spot. Yeah. Yeah. Also location. I mean, like the one spot I have, mm -hmm. the best deer I've had on camera there is a two and a half year old, hmm. 90 inch deer. Um, yeah. Loaded with, loaded with those. I mean, I've shot a lot of those there over the years, but um, nothing, nothing mature by any means. Um, Another spot I have that was smaller, I've seen a, a lot of mature deer. Yeah. It's all about what um, university campus you're willing to sneak onto. That's it. <laughs> right, <know>. Aaron? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's crazy. Please, that's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Who would ever? Not me. <laughs> I feel like, like buck-wise, those spots, they don't really heat up until peak rut or you know peak chase phase anyways yeah. like the, usually the suburban spots are my telltale sign of like okay it's peak chasing because that's when the bucks tend to move into those more suburban spots yeah. hmm. I'm, I'm more apt to see more buck activity in the more remote spots versus my suburban spots until it's that you know go time and they're moving around and <laughs> Yeah. Find those running. Does they that yeah they realize that all the does are yeah. in those suburban spots and make their move. That's interesting. Yeah, at least from what I've noticed. Oh. So, um, Aaron, I got to ask you a question. Okay. Do you find that having a thousand dollars worth of Sitka gear <laughs> Here it is. makes you a, a more successful hunter? <laughs> <laughs> the hat was what threw the hat and the t-shirt 
You know, I will say this. Uh, I here we had, go. I, I'm serious. <laughs> I had Walmart camel camo up until three years ago. I mean, two hoodies on and two camo jeans layered up, and that was it. Yeah. And, you know, freezing, but when you love hunting, it's it's yeah. whatever. I'll get warm when I get home, yep. you know. Um, but... <clears throat> I will say that I'm more comfortable while I'm hunting. So there's that. And Sitka makes the venison taste better. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's already like pre-tenderized and everything. It's good stuff, yeah. I just love to give you crap. I I can't bash because I have it too. (laughs) But I bought it at 40% off. Dang. I just let my wife buy it. Well, that's that's the key right there, right? I'm hoping and praying that that happens. <laughs> em- Emily, Emily has asked a time Emily, or two. If you're she's listening. like, <laughs> "No, no." So, because yeah, I've I I've told Emily like I want to save up and buy Sitka, and she's like, "Well, but like if you could have like one one piece, yeah, you know, what would it be?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no," because it's it's a system. It's a <laughs> system. <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna Even get the Stratus. If I'm gonna get the Stratus top, I gotta get the Stratus bottom. It's a mm-hmm. windproof system." So. <laughs> Well, it's now just, you got them going, Sitka going in, in first light and others that are like, well, the camel's not enough. You really need the field pants, right? It's driving. <laughs> it's honestly, it actually bothers me it how does. much uh, they get into like everyday clothing. Yeah. They used to be so, <laughs> yeah. so like, I'm you probably know, purebred for like, all of this. But. Yeah. I will <laughs> say I, I've tried a lot of different budget options and my number one, I am cold all the time and it's because i know that the wind is just cutting through yeah. doesn't matter how many layers i have it's because you're a pansy yeah that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> got those soft city hands you know <laughs> but i do want to i do want to try to find something that at least yeah blocks the wind a little bit and it doesn't necessarily have to be sitka but from from all of the guys that i know that have mm-hmm. it they swear by it so at a minimum picking up a windproof layer and then yep. well, when you buy Zika, they make you sign a an agreement that <laughs> yeah. says you'll never bash the camo ever so here's what changes everything right <clears throat> having kids that are of the age of hunting and you realize oh crap it's not just a thousand dollar outfit for me it's now for four kids <laughs> Oh, that kid, he, That's Warren, he, he'll be in the woods with a flannel and jeans. He's going to suffer just like I <laughs> Builds character. So I was, when I, I was in like gander uh, gear before they went yeah. anti-2A. But, um, and so I started looking around and looking for, and found this, well, you guys know that I found um, Catch and Release Camel, which is, so what they do is your kids, as they grow... You send back their their camel. He upgrades them to the new age, and then he donates all that stuff to, like, I don't know who he gives it to. Different camps, or, you know, to, to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so it, it's a grow with you kind of. It's like that diamond bow yeah. kind of growth. So that's what. And, and for me, when he called me, the the business owner, when I was first looking into it, I had sent an email, and he calls me. It says, "Hey, this is this is what we're about. This is what we do. We're not, you know, we're not Sitka, but we're also not Walmart. Yeah, we're we're in that middle. Can I send you some stuff to to try?" And um, when my youngest daughter Rachel tried it, and she said, "Dad, I was I was warm, and you know, we did a photo shoot for him and all this stuff. And we don't get free gear from them, but it's it's like affordable for me to put four yeah. kids in their stuff." And it's warm, and it's windproof, and it's rainproof. And mm-hmm. biggest thing is wind. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Wind is huge. Yeah, you don't realize it until that wind's biting through. Oh man, yeah. how and cold it, it is. Is it just me, or is it, is Western New York like one of the windiest? It's yeah. always windy. Always. always. Yeah. yeah. And I we've set up our property like oh the predominant wind is out of the west and out of the southwest. out of the south yeah out of the southwest. That never seems to work out Almost when I go never. to hunt. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, which way is the wind coming? Oh, it's northeast. Yeah. We'll find but, out when we get there. But it's yep. always windy. Yeah. So. Do you guys have to play the wind in, in suburban settings? Yes. I would say almost more so because they are, they've are they only got so much room that they can move around in. 
they I would say most of the deer movement is pretty consistent. Like they move the same spots, and if they can't, they just don't. Yeah, they, they know, like, they know if it's close. Like if they're catching wind from you, if you you sat at the wrong wind, and they smell you, they know that it it's not. I normally don't get that smell that much here. Yeah. So they know something's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's you would think, like, in a small neighborhood or whatever, in a suburban area, there's people all over. They're right, used to people. Used to it, they're yeah. used to that smell. So you think you could get away with it, and you might be able to a little bit, but you still definitely have to watch the wind and play the wind because they know if yep. you're inside their area, they just they just know. Why is Richard trimming his rose bushes? 20 feet up in the tree for the last four hours. Right. <laughs> Something, something's yeah. not yeah. adding up here. <laughs> that's, just, that's fascinating to me. Because, like, you you know, they smell lawnmowers and stuff all the yeah. time. Like, or they hear that stuff. I don't know. And even here, we're not, in Perry, we're not, like, in the middle of nowhere, really. I mean, we have farm tractors going by all the time. And, and I've noticed the deer don't care that I'm on my tractor. Nope. Nope. If I'm on my four-wheeler, they're gone. Gone. Um, so somehow they manage to learn what's what's supposed to be there and what's not. Yep, mm-hmm. for so, sure. Yeah. Are you getting all this, Sean? Oh yeah. Are you learning all this oh, from open book here? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> He's got his little spiral notepad. I'm just here. scribbling down <laughs> my notes. No, I play I, the wind. Okay. Completely okay. agree though. Like remember it's... my release. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh, there it oh, is. Aaron, you want to tell that story? <laughs> I can tell that. There's story. a lot of characters at Walmart at 5:30 in the morning. We'll just say that. This, you know, it's those moments like that. You just those are the experiences. You know, let's switch well, it. Enlighten us, Sean. Yeah. So we, I showed up at Aaron's place, and we we're getting ready to go out to a spot, and suburban, a suburban spot, and yep. I'm just like, oh man. I thought I thought my release was in my bag. I think I might have left it in my car. I left it at home, but so <laughs> we go to Walmart. Mitch just shaking his head. We go to Walmart at like five forty-five, six. I'm like, in oh, the we morning. got time. So we we book it over there, grab a release, get back to the stand, and how I, many and how many deer did you bump walking in late? Oh my god! Oh, was all that the, the deer? All the deer. <laughs> was that the one where um, I think I texted you about it? Yeah, I got in my stand because it wasn't far from the truck, and Sean was hiking in, and I had a bit more of a like, hike. Dude, there's deer everywhere. So like, send yeah. me a picture. There's like nine does looking at them. They're all huffing and puffing <laughs> at me, and I'm like, uh, you know, it's just too. I can't make out my pins. <laughs> and here's the thing, right? So, Aaron's one of those guys that's in his stand at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> I've only got six hours till daylight. I gotta get in my stand. <laughs> I gotta get there. <laughs> and Sean, we're calling at ten thirty, saying, "Hey, are you gonna get up and hunt?" <laughs> and here we is. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> There's been a few times I've left without Sean. <laughs> yep. Which, yep. Which ended up being the right call. Yeah. 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 And Aaron, yeah, and I've I've never been shy about that. Like, no. if I don't show up, leave without me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's no no man left behind here. That doesn't work. It's, <laughs> There's food out there. It's time to go. <laughs> yep. Do you guys do you do you get in early? Like do you? Forty five minutes an hour before yeah. shoot light is. And now with the half, half hour, hour early, yeah. Right? yeah, half hour to an hour. It's yeah, anywhere in there, depending on what I'm trying. I mean, if I'm going into a new area or setting up, and I don't know what tree I want to pick. Yeah. Um, I try to go in a little earlier. Yep. I will say I get in earlier for my suburban spots than I do my regular spots. Mm-hmm. Really? And Sean can attest to this. When we hunt my grandparents, which is only an acre and a half with seven acres of swamp on the backside of it, there will be days where I'm like, okay, here comes the school bus down to the end of the dead end road to pick up the kids. Yep. And sure enough, that school bus gets to the end throws in reverse the backup alarm goes off here come the does yep bumps them up out of bed okay we were ready for them kind of thing it's it's pretty crazy i mean but yeah i will say i get in earlier at the suburban spots than i do hmm. my other spots that's 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 so actually, is there a one 
instead of two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I, I think it's more like again, it's that those like human environment things where you've got you've got the noises, you've got the sounds, you've got the smells, and like even though sometimes the deer are used to those things, but other times they're like, all right, I don't really like, I'm not a fan, I don't yeah. like what's going on here, so I'm going to move. Yeah. And that's when you want to make sure that like I'm in. I've got my stuff attached to the tree. I've got my arrow knocked. I'm ready to go. <clears throat> and <laughs> we are we are ready. So many a deer have been missed from uh, not being 100% ready the moment they understand. <laughs> and I think uh, we'll, we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so the, the other thing is, um, are you guys videoing those hunts? I, I know, Aaron, like I'll get clips of you taking... Because like, you've taken a lot of first time or, or new hunters out with you, and I'll give Sean. <laughs> I was thinking of another one, but so, Sean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you're listening, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> he's talking about you. <laughs> and I'll give videos like, "Hey, look at this sob or whatever <laughs> in this tree. <laughs> this cloud, this cloud's not going to see anything today." <laughs> But it, it's like phone video. Like, are you guys video like hunt a still? Potato. Or what are you guys doing? Trying. Yeah, yeah, this past year, I didn't record a single minute. Um, I just wanted to... I was getting used to the saddle and yeah. just wanted to take a year off of filming. I've been filming for many years before that, and I just... Just wanted to break. I plan on trying to get back into filming this year. So it's it a, a different toll. deal with yeah, saddle it, too. Yeah. 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 It's it definitely is wow a challenge in itself. Bringing all this stuff, the arm, the cameras, and yeah, whatever, and trying to get it all together is just a task. Yeah. And it's it's extra weight and it's extra yeah. like remembering to to turn stuff on. Like I got a this new Tacticam the six that goes on my bow. Thing is sweet, but ninety five percent of the time I don't remember to even turn it on. Right. That's that's unfortunately yeah, that's, like I've got a remote <clears throat> for it, but it's it just is. It's it's hard to remember, and a lot of times, especially Bucks and Nate can attest to this because I've called him. You know, super pumped from the tree stand after arrow on a buck. Did you get it on film? Of course I didn't. <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Because there's certain times, I mean, I get does or yearling bucks or two-and-a-half-year-olds even, and I'll film all day long. And even, you know, even my second buck that I shot this year, I had film of him coming out. I had film rattling and grunting him pretty much all the way to the tree. And he made a turn, and I just didn't want to risk the, you know, yeah. behind the back swinging around the tree. Yep. It just, it's not, it wasn't worth it to me. Yeah. I, sh I shot a decent eight this year, and I filmed him coming to the tree uh, between him and I. And then once he got past that tree, I didn't turn the camera just enough yep. to <laughs> video the shot. I was so ticked at myself, but I'm like, Egh. I didn't want to risk losing him. He yep. was, he was. Hunters before cameramen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. And that's, you know, you wonder, some of these these guys, are, they're getting these great, you know, you think of the Drury's or the, the yeah. Tiffany and Lee, they're they're getting these great shots. Well, they, they've got a professional camera person that's hanging yeah. out, yep. and um, self-filming is, is not easy. No. So. And I feel like I do it more for myself, like yeah. being able to track these bucks from year to year. You know, especially in some of my primary spots where I'm really on top of, you know, what deer is living here and, oh, it's cool to see him back. And yeah, I do it more for that. Yeah, I mean, I like having it just, like, to be able to go back to and mm -hmm. look at. Um, I like the fact of being able to look at it when you're not sure where you hit the deer. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can go back and look at it and see, okay, this is where I hit the deer. When I thought it was here, it's actually here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah it'll help on that recovery and help you figure out if you gotta wait or you can just go in and get them boy that's a whole nother question when you're talking about suburban recovery yeah, yeah. you had to pull them out of people's yards yeah i did 
I haven't had to. Were I you with not. me that day? <laughs> Which one? Because Nate's yeah. a killer, oh, and Aaron just though. flings arrows. <laughs> yeah. A guy was actually in his backyard. It, I mean, it was in the that fall, and he yeah, was he had like a raised uh, vegetable garden in his backyard, <laughs> and he was ripping out all the old, you know, dead plants from the you know the winter coming, and he was in his backyard, and the doe fell fifteen yards from him. He didn't have a clue. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he probably just, you know, sticks break and didn't think anything of it. And uh, I drove all the way back out and around, knocked on the door in full camo, told him what was going on. Oh, you shot a deer? That's great. You go right ahead. <laughs> so it was one of those things where he... You leave the gut pile next to the garden. I, yeah, I made, made one of those connections. Fertilizer. Yeah. So, yeah, made one of those connections. And then they, you know, they told me, anytime you want to set up on, you know, our backyard, go right ahead and... So well, that's that's thankfully part of it ended up going pretty well. Yeah, yeah. access. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the other pieces to it is, you know, access can I have access huge. to go through your yard to get back to this piece that I'm right. running? Yeah. Yep. It's a lot of knocking on doors. It's a lot of knocking on doors. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't have that commitment. I'm terrible at it. A lot of nose. Sean a is terrible. At I'm it. terrible have at you it. You gotten a lot? Oh yeah. Really? I'd say for every one yes, you probably get what fifteen no's. Yeah. That's probably a pretty accurate representation. Wow. Yeah, wow. I've been pretty fortunate. But like when I was hunting suburban stuff, yeah, I had one farm that was behind us, and they said yes. So yeah, and sometimes all you need is one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the right piece. Yeah, yep. I think <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> it was a lot of young deer, <laughs> other than uh, one that we called Noah, because the place just flooded. Oh and man, that buck was huge and had two shots, two different opportunities on him that I couldn't get shots at. But um, he just lived in the neighborhood, and then when deer season hit, he went back into that swamp area, and we never, never did get him. So yeah, uh, cool. Well, we've been at fifty. Six minutes. Is there anything Dang. I didn't ask you? Guys? I told you it would go quick. Yeah, they go quick. Is there anything I didn't ask or should have? Or any stories I should have told about Sean that I didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a, there is one episode. story about Sean that oh, we have boy. to tell. Here we go. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> so the first, I think we were goose hunting. Thing. I have and, the video. Uh, and Aaron never goose hunts, but he nope. came out that day. Yeah. And uh, I think Jake and Charlie were with us. We were hunting out at Jaws's place. Yep. And um, Sean busts out his backpack, and he's got a stinking machete, and he's got like <laughs> I don't know, two hundred miles of of paracord. Like paracord. Oh and, man, I, mean, I had I had this gigantic. It was waterproof. It was. <laughs> black it was like just this ginormous pack and i was just like well you know i was definitely a you never know when you're gonna need it that's right and now you've gotten better see not a greenhorn anymore not yeah now i'm just embarrassed when i screw up (laughs) because there's no excuse anymore (laughs) i've I've, I've done learned and i (laughs) it was a particularly slow day to the point where I have video of Sean running around with one of That's the the uh, the decoy. the decoys, the on decoys? His head making goose. Noises. So we were yeah we were gonna leave that spot because nothing was happening for us. We were gonna go check a different field, and like I was like wait wait, wait I think I can call him in. So I put <laughs> put a decoy on my head and I'm running in a figure eight <laughs> making the worst like a dying goose noise. <laughs> And that's the same day that Aaron shot the guy's barn, right? You, there was. Come on now. Am I lying? There might it might have got peppered on the way back down. I don't know. Those geese were probably two hundred feet in the air. They're like, yeah, we're they, not coming down for this. Listen, when you've been hunting all morning and you didn't see any geese, it's hard to tell. Hey, Jake shot a mouse on that that hunt. <laughs> yeah, about oh, five man. feet away. Yeah, oh, there's gosh. a mouse. Boom! Gone. <laughs> yeah, it got slow. We were shooting donuts and anything else we could yeah. find that morning. But that was that was one of the cool parts. Yeah. It's a totally different type of hunting with geese. It is. It's very different. You haven't done, <laughs> haven't done it since, but really, Nate, I mean, you, you've shot time. a ton of geese, haven't you? Not a ton. I I haven't goose hunted in years. Really? No. 
Wow, you guys, you you guys are my no. goose connection. Yeah, no. I can't stand those filthy animals. No, I love shooting. They're, they're fun to the shoot, but uh, New York dropped a limit to one. Right to one. It's, it's almost it's to not even worth one. it to set up all the decoys. And Were you there that day we ordered a pizza? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That's amazing. I don't know. We shot a ton, and then it it dried right up, and we ended up ordering a pizza. Had it delivered to where we were hunting. <laughs> right to our blind. That's that was a good day. That was a good day. Yeah, I haven't goose hunted much in the last three years, probably. Yeah. I just haven't. I, there's just too much else going on. Yeah. So, Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'd love to have you guys back on. I don't get to spend enough time with you guys anymore. No, any that's one so of true. the three of you. And... Um, I love just being able to bust balls with you and, <laughs> and uh, you know, th- to be able to share this stuff. So um, if it's all right, well, I'd love to have you guys back at some point. Yeah, and, 100%. Uh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's a whole world of adventure out there, so get out there and live it. Mm-hmm.